What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades with Pickle from Pickle Cutters, Nick Tobin, Token Tobin, Mr. Nick. Sir, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> what's if that intro was weird, guys, sorry, I pressed the wrong button. I think <laughs> I'm not real sure. We're not going back. But uh, okay. we're back in the studio, man. It feels good to be back. Yes, sir. So I've been out of town. I was actually on schedule too. Well, kind of on schedule, but it's what, not hey, it's, at least we're the right day. Like that's a step in the right direction. No, we're not. Are we, we usually record Thursdays and we're fucking Friday, dude. Oh fuck. Okay, so we're not that far off. <laughs> Still in the right week. We're getting there, dude. We're moving in the right direction, I think. Yeah, but uh, I've been out of town, man, and uh, I wasn't gonna tell anybody because I've got so many orders on the book. I didn't want to you know, be putting people off so that I could go do something else, but I couldn't do it. You know, before I left, I called everybody that had an order in and let them know I was going out of town and everybody was super cool. I mean, I was only gone four days, so it's not a humongous deal. Yeah, no, that's like one of my weekends. Yeah. Dude, (laughs) I had a freaking blast. Nice. This was probably one of the most fun trips I've ever had. And, uh, I got all kinds of stories. Yeah, no, I saw a few pictures you sent me there and, uh, quite the meals and quite the sight there. So I went to the same place I've been going in North Carolina to work on this house and, um, got the house done. Finally, it's finished on the interior. So there's still some work outside that needs to be done, but the dude can move in it. So everybody up there is happy for now, but I got to take my wife with me this time. And it's the first time she's ever even been to the mountains at all. I've never been until I went to this house. So I know a lot of people listening probably live in the mountains, right? I mean, we got people all over the world that listen to this thing. So yep. it's nothing, you know, special to the people that live there. But Flatlanders, like they call me, <laughs> man, it is freaking gorgeous. I mean, it's just unreal. You look around and everything's pretty. Like even the freaking Lowe's is like got a mountain backdrop. Nice. It's yeah. insane. But uh, the horizon is a beautiful sight. It is, man. And we stayed in this three-story cabin with Sweet. it had a jacuzzi big enough for me to get in. <laughs> That's the first time I've gotten like a tub type of an enclosure in probably 20 years. Oh shit. Huh? And it was that big? Yeah. Well, that's big enough for you to get in but small enough for it to be a small jacuzzi. Yeah, I mean, we were both in it. It was like oh. it was pretty much a hot tub. But it was inside. It was built into the floor of the master right. bedroom. But, um, I mean, I'm only five, a little over 5'10", but I'm 220 pounds. So I'm wide at the shoulders. And we got yeah. a jacuzzi on our honeymoon, and we tried to get in that thing together, but I couldn't even fit in it by myself. Like, I was balled <laughs> up, you know. I felt like a little kid, man. I was able to, like, lay down and get on my belly and put my arms out and grab the edge, and I had my – the little jet thing blowing water on my beard and we swimming had, around. Yeah, dude, it was so fun. Yeah, and I could relate to that because I don't, I can't remember the last time I actually sat and chilled in a tub, like kind of like you. I'm broad shouldered and yeah, five, yeah. 235 pounds. You know, I'm not that <laughs> yeah. small. You know, it's uh, tubs aren't that great, <laughs> especially like when a girlfriend's like, oh, t- take a bath with me. And it's like, uh, do I have to really? <laughs> it's like, right. Like, why don't you go take a bath? I'll take a shower when you're done, and we'll meet back here. Exactly. <laughs> Simple life, happy life. That's right. But now it was it was crazy, man. It was so relaxing being able to actually get in there and just chill, you know. 
We yes, forgot sir. bubbles, so we use some shampoo. Oh, bubbles. Yeah. I thought you meant bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. I don't know what that is. You've never seen Trailer Park Boys? Well, it's a Canadian show. I've so. never heard of it. No, dude. <laughs> Seriously, Seriously you, you got to look up Trailer Park Boys and everybody out there who has never seen Trailer Park Boys, if you're up for stupidity, like pure stupidity, but in a uh, like funny way, <laughs> that's the show to watch. It's definitely, it's a Trailer Park Boys. It says it in the name. You know, it's a Trailer Park crew. Right. And it's actually filmed in Nova Scotia. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny. It's been going on for a few years now. So and, uh, it's all about booze and fucking weed and trying to make a living without having to work, you know. <laughs> Sounds and like trying to always screw everybody over. And, they, you know, and they, they, they just they're. The way they talk, it's just like I said. They're half of them are stupid. So, and then you said bubbles, bubbles like his glasses are like that big as his eyes pop out. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 it's funny. But check it out when you get a chance. Trailer Park Boys, I'll put it on the list. Oh, yeah. One of the it's, funniest shows that I've ever seen in my life that I just got hooked on and binge watched. Like I don't know, I think it was six or seven seasons at least. Was a Canadian show, and that was a uh, Letterkenny. Oh yeah, it's a bunch, I I hear that all the time. And uh, sorry about the timer. I hear that all the time, and uh, I've never watched it. I've never watched like a full episode. I never binge watched it or anything. I've never. Uh, no, I never have. I'm the, gonna have to give it a watch. If you're saying that it's funny as fucking, dude, it is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched in my life. Like, and it's funny all the way through. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just like funny parts. Every episode, you're just dying the whole time. But, so I definitely uh, watch it. Yeah, for sure. And it's better with a little buzz, too. Yeah, well, that's the same thing with uh, Trailer Park Boys. We'll have to check that out, dude. We finished up uh, Squid Games last night. I've, I've heard about that, and I guess parents think children shouldn't watch it or whatever. I don't know what it's about, but I just turned it on, and it was kind of like watching a – I watched a preview, and it was like watching a Bruce Lee movie because, you know, it's translated. Right, it's dubbed over. Yeah, yeah, and I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. We started it, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, and we made it like ten minutes in, and we turned it off for that same reason. I was like, man, I can't do it. Like, I there's no way I can watch this. But we kept hearing so much about it. We said, okay, well, let's give it, you know, one full episode, and then it was just enough to make you want to see the next five minutes. Obviously, yeah. So we ended up finishing it. And for anybody who hasn't started it at all, don't. It is a complete waste of time, and it's ridiculous and stupid all the way through. Thank you. I mean, it is it is so dumb. And there's never a point where it gets good or interesting. It's, it's that just enough all the way through. Yeah, not my thing. I don't, I don't spend that much time in front of a screen. So, you know, I rarely, rarely, if I'm going to watch something, it's going to be, like you said, you know, with, with a buzz. You right. know, watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hadn't heard of that either. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's a great show. It's fucking hilarious. And uh, I've watched, you know, there's eight seasons, and I've watched it all eight seasons three times maybe now. Okay. Yeah, that's what my go-to board show, like when I'm bored and nothing to do and whatever. Yeah. I feel like laying in bed and just put something on, passing out. Yep. So, yeah, I don't. I watch TV at night, you know, once me and the wife both get home and food's ate and all that kind of stuff. We'll sit around and watch TV for an hour or so before bed. But not a whole lot of it. 
But anyway, yeah. that's t- that's this week's uh, TV Guide review section of the show. <laughs> right? <laughs> what the fuck is this? A critique show? I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of bounce back and forth to my trip, you know, throughout the show because if I start talking about it from day one till the end, it's gonna be Jason's trip to North Carolina is gonna be the title, and that's all we're gonna get into. Then it'll obviously be easier to find a title for the show, Jason. <laughs> right. Well, nobody wants to listen to that all the way through. We're going to get to some knife talk here before too long. And, uh, well, shit, speaking of knife talk, we're famous. Are we? Yeah. You've been you famous. What you, do you mean I'm not famous? Not because you've, you guys talked about me. <laughs> yeah, you've been famous on the knife talk two or three times now, but they actually shouted out the hustling grind, so... Yes, sir. The last time they did, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jeff Fader. That was pretty cool. Yes, you. Yeah, yes, you. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so being that we went to this big fancy place up there in the mountains and everything was beautiful, we figured for the first time ever we would go to one of them fancy dress-up restaurants. And Ooh. we had to make a reservation. That's the first time in my life I've ever been to a place where I needed a reservation. <laughs> so I took blue jeans without no holes in them, and I took uh, a flannel shirt, you know, all the buttons. No buttons were missing, and I even took my dress boots with me. And uh, we got into the place, and I was overdressed. It was so laid back, just like casual, but it's just so popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was this restaurant. It's called The Painted Fish. And it's got a five-star chef that okay. cooks there. So the the food is exactly what you would think of when you think of five-star restaurant. You know, small portions, shit drizzled all over the place, and a chunk of grass in a weird spot to make it look fancy. Yep. But, man, I ate this one particular dish. We both had appetizers. We had the soup. We, I mean, we just went all out. But uh, I got one flavor in my mouth. That's never been in there before, and it was by far the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. I hope it's not the D. No, no, it was it was the B. It was the oh. B. So uh, it was pork belly. I've had pork belly before, and it's delicious. You're gonna say buffalo. Well, hold my beer. We'll get to the oh. buffalo. But uh, yeah, it was pork belly, and I've had that before, and it's good. So this was an Asian style pork belly. And it had a ginger soy reduction sauce. I don't even know what that is. But yeah, neither. I don't know. I know the ginger, the soy, but how do you have a reduction in a sauce? I don't even know what a reduction is. Well, it's reducing. Like, they're going to reduce something like what they do. Yeah, look it up. Well, no, I've, I've got, actually, I took a picture of the menu. So, uh, but when they brought it out, it was two chunks of pork belly. And it was laying on a piece of bread. You know, each piece was on its own little piece of bread. And uh, and the sauce and everything was all over it. And right I've when I took a bite, I told myself, you know, I'm going to go to this place and I'm just going to eat everything the way they serve it to me. I'm not going to be like, you know, let me get this, but without this, and can you add that? I'm just going to try new things. And whatever that was, man, it blew my mind. So I put it in my mouth and I took the first little chomp and I stopped, and, and my head just kind of went down. And my wife leaned in, and she's like, are you okay? Is it that bad? So I chewed it up, and I swallowed it. I said, that's the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. Like, my yeah. mind was blown. I've never tasted a flavor, anything close to that. But uh, let's see. On the menu, it says, where did it go? 
pork belly, Asian marinated pork belly, slow roasted, sliced and served on crostini with Asian glaze, ginger soy reduction, and sesame aioli. A couple of them words, I don't know what they mean. but uh, Sounds good. Oh, God, it was so good. If you ever run across whatever that is, take a bite. Change your life. Yes, sir. And then I have buffalo for my entree. <laughs> There's the buffalo. It was a buffalo meatloaf. Oh, it, meatloaf, right? Oh nice. man, it was so. It just tasted so clean. Just no grease, no gristle, no fat. Just I'm gonna say it must be a, a dry meat. It was deli- Well, it had some kind of gravy sauce all over it. So I mean, it yeah. was it was amazing. But anyway, what's been going on with you this week? You've been doing some pretty kick ass stuff. Some new things. Trying exactly, yeah. Trying to figure out shit on my own. You know, I just jumped on it and. It looks Let's like it's coming out all right. First one did. The first, uh, you know, after I did that, after I had Forge welded that axe the other day, when I did that axe head with uh, the farrier's rasp, I wanted to obviously make a knife, you know, and Forge weld some sand. Mike, keep it simple, you know. Like I said, I'm learning on my own here. Right. Obviously, we have the internet, but I have not watched one YouTube video. You know, it's obvious. I've seen enough on the groups that I know I got to weld, you know, my stack together and, you know, get it hot enough, flux it up, whatever, borax, kerosene, put it in the forge, take it out, set your welds, you know, get it nice and yellow hot, and, you know, get it. So I did all that. But on the knife, I did with rough iron and a 1095 core. Uh, I had noticed uh, some minor cracking al- along the spine on the top in the core. So uh, I was able to grind it out. So I fixed it put a handle on it, you know, heat treat everything that worked out. I'm keeping that one, you know, it's my first one. Hell yeah. So I'm starting to believe it's beginner's luck too, because, um, my second attempt, you know, I got everything forged welded and everything's good and going. And, um, I quench it and check out the spine. It's got a crack, grind, grind, got a crack, grind, 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 got a crack, grind, 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 grind. still a crack. Was it a crack or a D-lamp? No, it's a crack. Yeah. It's literally the core steel, the 1095, mm-hmm. and uh, the mild rough iron on the sides or whatever, you know. Uh, they don't they don't like each other. It's too much of a high content of carbon in the 1095. I would have had to use, like, maybe Parks AAA or, like, canola oil to quench in rather than Parks 50 because it's a bit slower. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Uh, or, like, heat at a lower temp and just heat longer and then do like an interrupted quench, could have saved the crack. You know, it's just after the fact that it happened is when I educated myself. Yeah. You know, I went around asking people and, you know, whatever, and you know, what I got for answers made sense, you know, and a lot of people are telling me to try like a 1080 or 1075 for the core for mild steel sand mice, you know? Yeah. So, uh, or ADCRV too. So I for all the ADC- Americans out there, he's saying wrought iron is what he means. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it looks rough. It, it looks, looks rough. rough. It's rough iron, yeah, wrought iron. But uh, anyways, uh, so uh, I snapped that. I ended up, you know, quenching it, and then I saw that crack and tried grinding away at it, and it wasn't working. So uh, I ended up putting it in the vice. I wanted to see how deep this crack was going, you know. So I uh, snapped it, and it was still like a quarter inch left to it. But it's all where there was, it, where it was way thicker, and it still had some mild steel on the sides, you know, like yeah. A, a rot iron 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, I ended up trying a third time. No, after that failed, I went for, um, I had some mild steel laying around, some plate steel, you know, so I was like, fuck it. And I took some ADCRV2, stacked that up together, you know, cleaned everything up and tried again. And then again, I learned something else because it's not all just regular steel that will work with anything. You know, there's typical different grades of steel that you are more, you know, preferable to forge wealth with. Right. You want to? So uh, that's the thing. I wasn't, I didn't get a successful weld whatsoever with the ADCR V2 and whatever steel that was that I had laying along my shop. So, so I said, fuck it. I took out a bar of ADCR V2, quarter inch long, a uh, quarter inch thick, I mean, six inches long. I had that laying around in the corner, threw that in the forge, and I went to town, forged out a knife, you know, and then I was going to take the rest of the day off. And then I ended up grinding out another knife, you know, one of the orders. Right. Figured I had to at least get one order in this week because I haven't, like, I took the week not to work on orders, but to try to learn something else. Right. And I actually learned a bunch. So well, good. it was, it was worth my week, you know? Yeah. Well, once you get good at that, you know, you can offer that as a choice. You know what I mean? And yep. for a but, significant uh, upcharge. No, exactly. And, but the next thing is though, uh, what I'm going to do now is actually order like 15 and 20, and, you know, some higher carbon steels that I could contrast together, do it that way, instead of messing around with uh, mild, st- mild steels and whatever. The, the wrought iron, you know, something, it's beautiful, yes, but is it going to work every time? Is this going to happen? You know, I'm going to have to try again is what I'll do. Next time I put an order of steel and I'll, uh, I'll order myself a couple bars. Yeah. And the 15 and 20, it's cheap. You know what I mean? It's not like a specialty steel. No, exactly. It's not the most so, expensive. Yeah, it's worth it to, to buy that and, you know, have it on hand if you feel like doing some sandmire or something. Yeah, and you know what what you're working with is what is appropriate to work with, Yeah, you know, for the yep. task you're trying to achieve. So it's not all that energy put into it and wasted, you know, uh, the fuel and the yourself too, you know. Swinging a three-and-a-half-pound hammer for an hour is, you know, quite the task. Yeah, it'll wear your ass out for sure. Well, you know, I'm pretty, I'd say, you know, I could, I kept up with myself, you know, doing it, you know, there wasn't a problem, but like my shoulder at one point was just, you know, the, the shoulder was tired. Yeah. I felt like I could, had, I had to stop swinging. Yeah. I was like, All right. This needs a break. I'll just throw this back in the forge. Right. Yeah. I got back in my shop today at, I don't know what time it was, about 30 minutes before I had to leave and come here. And that's the first time I've been in there since... Last Thursday, I think Thursday or Friday, and right. I got some. I got a lot prepped today, so my big ten piece order. All of those blades are heat treated, and they've already went through the vinegar bath. All the forge scales gone, and they're all kind of flat grounded, surface ground. You know, just to get ready. Now it's time to start working on bevels, all that good stuff. And um, man, this this month has just flown by. So today, yeah, is, October has flown by. Yeah. You're absolutely right with that. I agree with you 100%. It's the 22nd, and I've got 16 knives to finish by the 30th. Yeah, so that's a busy, uh, yeah. busy week. Well, luckily, 12 of them are already profiled and heat treated. 
but I've got four to do that aren't even started. I I haven't even designed them. And you do that while epoxy sets on handles. Yeah. Well, tonight, once everything in the shop is done and I end up back in the house, that's when I'll sit down with my book and I'll draw it out and design it. Yep. So what I'm designing next is going to be a four-piece set, and it's going to be the Ninja Turtle set. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, dude, yeah. I, I got those scales from Sharky, and they are – I've seen his stuff online before. Obviously, we all have. But to hold it and look at it in person – The different story. Holy shit, dude. That man is freaking skilled. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, no, he's got some nice stuff. It, each piece is 11 pieces, each scale. So yeah, it's that's... 22 pieces per handle set. That is insane. Not my gem. No. I mean, I'm glad he did it and sent it to me. But exactly. Every set's got mammoth ivory. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it is. If you're a super dork out there listening to this and you love the Ninja Turtles, let us know because they'll be available. These aren't spoken for. This is just something that he had in his mind. He wanted to make Ninja Turtle scales. He just had the idea, you know, with the color scheme and all that stuff. Yeah. So he asked me, he's like, hey, man, I'm making these scales. Do you want to make the knives? We can team up and, you know, do a collaboration. I was like, shit, yeah, man, let's do it. So, yeah, every uh, every every knife's going to have a lanyard tube. And I'm going to put a lanyard on it to match the, you know, whatever color. given Ninja Turtle. But, uh, yeah, guys, if y'all, if y'all want a cool one-of-a-kind Ninja Turtle knife with a Kydex sheath, hit me up. Don't have a final price yet, but they're probably going to be somewhere in the 450 to 550 ballpark range. Nice. And, uh, well, just the handles themselves are worth like $200. Yeah, they're a lot. <laughs> I just picked up some Juma scales. Uh, I just got those this week from uh, Maritime Knife Supply, and uh, he carries them now, and he's got some Micarta yeah. and him uh, burlap and all that stuff. So I picked some of that up, and I got my order, and uh, the Juma scales are fucking sweet. Like the snake skin, the dragon scale skins. And, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I saw that picture you sent me. Yeah, I they're s- great. I saw some of those in person yesterday. I got to take a field trip, man, and it was exciting. I went and hung out with the dudes up at Pops Knife Supply yesterday. And uh, I met Andy Roy in the pit. Duh. That's where we meet people at Blade Show. Yep. And uh, I got there yesterday. I've been trying to go because it's kind of along the route when I go back and forth to North Carolina. But when I'm on the way up there, they're not open yet. And Uh normally when I'm on the way back, they're closed. So I actually was able to squeeze in yesterday before they closed. And um, it was Andy and, God, I cannot remember the other guy's name. It was W.A. Sorrell's Knives. Not Walter Sorrell's, but something that sounds similar to that. Not Walter. <laughs> yeah, it's not Walter Sorrell's. But, um, God, I can't remember his name, and I hate that because he was such an awesome dude. Yeah, he took us in the bags. Me and my wife stopped. And they got they got a showroom, so to speak, but it's it's pretty much just where they have their stuff set up, but you can walk through it and look around. And uh, we were looking at that, and he came out, and we introduced ourselves to each other. And uh, he's like, you just want to see here? You want to look around or what? I said, man, I'd love to, you know, see where everything happens because they make all their own vintage micarta, and they, they do it all there. You got all the whole setup. Yeah, I got the full tour. And it's also uh, Andy Roy's Fiddleback Forge. 
that guy, God, I hate it. I can't remember his name. I feel like such a dick. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. But uh, him and two other makers all make knives there. So oh, they even make knives too there. Yeah. So check this out. We we were in this little showroom area. He's like, yeah, this is the kind of the overstock, you know, what's not sold yet. This big giant room off to the side. He's like, that's the shipping department. That's boring. And it was just a bunch of boxes and shit. Yeah. And then we went to the back, and there's this giant bridge port back there. And all kinds of bandsaws, like 10-foot-tall bandsaws with probably two-foot-deep jaws that they're cutting this vintage micarta on. And horizontal bandsaws, everything. I mean, it's just every tool you could think of. So he's pointing all this stuff out, telling us about it. And we walked out into the back parking lot. And I look both ways, and I'm like, okay, like, cool story, bro. I like your parking lot. Well, we were on the way to the knife shop, which was the next set of bay doors over. Dude, I, my breath was taken when I walked in this building. They had 11 2x72 grinders. I bet you at least 15 or 20 buffers. You know, and I'm not talking about like the little six inch Harbor Freight bolt to the bench. Yeah, I'm talking about pedestal, pedestal buffers, enormous buffers, three feet wide. You know, yeah. I mean, porta bands and you know, on the tables, bandsaws. You know, giant drill presses that are seven foot tall. Thousands of belts hanging all over the walls. Templates like it was. It. I've never seen nothing like that before in my life. Not even in a picture. Huh. You know what I mean? That was like one dude's. Most perfect knife shop ever, but four of them put together. Well, yeah. So yeah. what is it? A bunch of people just work there, or is it for classes, or what is it? Is well, it- what they do is, uh, I kind of grinders. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they're they're full time knife makers. Okay. They just got together and they bought Pops Knife Supply. So okay. so they're doing the retail thing for Pops. You know, pushing out all the they do handle materials and. I mean, pretty like a chance, you know, a little bit of everything. And, but they're still making knives too. They do that in the knife shop. They just put the knife shop at the retail store. Oh, that's fucking sweet. So there was probably six or seven heat treat ovens, several paragons, several even heats, you know, just everything you could think of. And it was amazing. So I was looking, I was looking at the, uh, the grinders they had. <laughs> I was <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right, I I lost your audio. You're talking, I can't hear nothing. You're pointing at me. What did I do? Did I I didn't mute you. What the fuck? I don't hear anything. Yeah, there we go. There we go. He's back. It said you had muted me, but I could unmute myself. Yeah. I literally got a notification that popped up. Yeah, I didn't touch anything. But um, I was looking at all their grinders, and they had. I follow language. Do what? Huh? Okay, now you're back. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, technical difficulties. But it I, happens. I was checking out all their grinders they had. They had two of the original TW90s, you know, the old school ones. Yep. And they had uh, just a, they had a couple grizzlies. They had a what's the other one? Burking. That's got the giant freaking the humongous wheel on it, contact wheel. Um, they loved the the TW90s, and they had an Ameribraid. They 
didn't seem like they were a big fan of that one in particular. I was asking about all the different ones, you know. He asked didn't me what, have anything else. Well, he asked me what kind of grinder I had, and I told him I had a Broadbeck. And he was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. How do you like it? You know, they don't have a Broadbeck there. And, you know, I told him how great it was. I was like, yeah, man, it's fucking versatile. Like, you can put any attachment on it. You can flip it horizontal, vertical, you know, remove the platen to psych belt, whatever you want. The tool rest, you know, adjust to everything, vertical and horizontal. No tools needed at any point in time. I mean, you need a tool to put it together after that. Nothing. But, uh, yeah, I was telling them about that, man. And they're they're excited. They want to get one in their shop. They just don't have one in there yet. But How uh, do they get one? Well, they can go to Broadbeck Ironworks on the Internet. And I even told them that if you get on there and uh, order a grinder, you can get upgraded to that Mareco Platinum. And uh, all you got to do is use the code HUSTLE, and you'll get automatically upgraded. That's like a $300 difference, dude. Exactly. But just type in those seven little letters. H-E. Six little letters, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can get automatically upgraded to the Mareco Platin, and that thing's cool as shit too. But uh, I'm probably gonna end up getting my hands on one of those. Yeah, dude, it's that's it, something I thought about a while back. Is because uh, I have a spare D plate here, and like I've got a four inch contact wheel that I had ordered from uh, Nexus Grinders here in Canada. And uh, I got a good price on it, but he wasn't satisfied with how they came out, but it works fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with the contact wheel. And I was planning on putting it at the bottom of a D plate and making a contact wheel there, and you know, offsetting the hole, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I just never got to it. So what kind of contact wheel do you have now? I've got my four inch serrated. I've got a 10 inch serrated and, um, I'm having issues with my uh, like uh, my, my my surface grinder wheel. Uh-oh, what's happening? I, I'm not sure what's up. I don't, I've tried using that thing in so many different ways. It seems like I'm not getting true flat, you know, and I know you won't get true flat, but to the point where I was getting crowned bars of steel and having to, you know, run them on the platen to at least be able to stack steel and forge it together, you know? That's not good. Well, yeah, I so I was like, not cool you know so i started looking into that more yeah and uh so yeah then i realized that there was an issue with that and uh, what happens is i think i think the wheel is a little too soft or if i run it too fast whatever it seems like the wheel like the edges of the wheel might expand you know the velocity of the spinning you know Mm -hmm. i got it at 11 so you know it is running hard oh yeah and um I think the the size of the wheels flare out a bit, so you know whatever the paper, or the, the the belt, or something happens. I don't know. And I tried lower speeds. I tried different grits, and so uh, I'll be getting another wheel for that replacement wheel. And I told them to make it harder. I said I want a harder wheel. Yeah. He said I definitely want a harder wheel on my surface grinder because you know it's logical to me to have a harder wheel. Yeah. And uh, so once I get that, I'll end up with. That other wheel for an eight-inch contact wheel, I guess. Well, the reason I was asking about your contact wheels, I've got a ten-inch um, serrated, and in one point in time, I had an eight-inch flat wheel, and the heat difference was oh, yeah. crazy with the serrated wheel versus a just a solid wheel. Oh yeah, I could imagine. I can grind all day 
on a on a ten inch serrated wheel, and it barely gets hot. But yep. use an eight inch. Well, I guess doesn't matter well, what flat. size. A flat wheel, a solid wheel. It's, it gets hot fast. I mean, it's almost like it gets hot faster. The rubber gets hot faster than it does on a steel platen. Well, there's a lot of surface and a lot of friction going on, so yeah, it should, you know, yeah. it should get. It's not getting hot. Well, better that way, but yeah, if it ain't getting hot, you ain't pushing hard enough, punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, you see my? Uh, did I send you a video of my uh, my belt mishap from yesterday? Yeah, dude, I was so confused. I ne- I need to ask you about that anyway. Why the hell are you breaking all these belts? What's happening? Oh, these are old belts. So I'm just running through old. <laughs> Thirty-six grid belts uh, to profile my blades. Yeah, got like probably like thirty or forty of them. So I'm just picking belts out of the pile, and they're fucking. I don't know. Yesterday was just one of those days. Three belts yesterday snapped on me. <laughs> Seriously, that shit. I don't know. I'm sure it's everybody, but when a belt pops, that scares the shit out of me. It makes me jump and damn. I'm always scared. I'm gonna jump and like pull a knife across my throat or something. Yeah, I know. No, no, you fucking. <laughs> jump back yeah when uh, the, the video i sent you the one that's hanging from the ceiling <laughs> yeah don't ask me how that happened but that belt must have whipped so fucking hard when it snapped that uh when it hit the ceiling there's some wires that are running on the ceiling yeah it tangled itself it, up no i didn't tangle itself up it whipped so hard that the wires broke through the belt and the belt was hanging from there like it literally literally sliced through the belt and then like created itself a hook in the middle of the belt, oh. they were just hanging there. Yeah, it's good so thing I had it a, didn't cut the wire from the fucking. Yeah, I know. It, I, it probably, actually, I should check. You probably so. You might want to grab some electrical yeah, tape yeah, and just. I want to check that. Yeah, yeah, double yeah. check that. Really good thinking, Jay. Seriously, yeah. I, I don't know what that could be to you. But uh, no, that that just blew my mind. That one, the first uh, first one that it like uh, I was profiling the finger choil. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that one blew up, it only blew up like half an inch of the belt on the edge. Like, it's not the whole belt that blew up. Oh, so you were on your small wheel. No, 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 no. I was on the platen. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was just rough profiling. Right. So I was just rough profiling the blade. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, it must have caught or whatever. And there must have been like a already something missing on the belt. Like I said, these are old belts. Yeah. And, uh when that one caught and that half inch strip blew up off the belt, that one smacked me on top of the hand. Cause I, I rarely stand in front of the grinder except for if I'm you know, grinding bevels. That's the only time I stand in front. Mm. But, uh, that fucking thing whipped me right on the hand and I had a welt. And it's still like a red mark. My knuckle is sore. I bet. Yeah. So yeah, they come out flying pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, that time that my, bearing blew up on my small wheel attachment and it tore <laughs> yeah. that belt up it only took off about maybe a half inch of the edge of the belt but it just destroyed that edge all the way around and the belt might have caught a wobble and hit the i don't know the, the wheel exploded yeah, the, yeah that, was, the, that was nuts yeah. and i found that bearing on the ground like five minutes later and picked it up and it blistered my thumb that's how hot it, was, it still was well when my belt hit the ceiling like i was like it blew my mind, you know, it scared me shitless first of all. Of course. I, I took my phone out and I fucking filmed that, you know, from the ground up because I got a bell hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And uh when the video plays back in my um in my ear I bought some um three M earmuffs mm-hmm. with the Bluetooth. 
Dude, these fucking things are sweet. Anyways, uh, I've been running those, and uh, the video playback comes up, and there's sound, and all I could hear is this hum. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I take my headphones off, and there's this loud, well, not my headphones, but my hearing protection, and they are headphones too. So anyways, I couldn't hear it with those on. So as soon as I took that off, there was this loud fucking hum going on in my shop, and I was like, what the fuck? And I thought the shaft of the bearing or something in the motor had snapped or, you know, something was still, it sounded like something was spinning hard. I bet it was. Yeah, so I start looking around, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm shutting the VFDs down, the breakers. I'm fucking, my, my bench is fucking vibrating, you know. I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, I put my head next to the grinder, get my head in close. It's my fucking tracking wheel. That thing's still spinning like 300 miles an hour. <laughs> it's a good thing you, you ain't got no you, hair. You can't see it spin. Yeah, you can't see the fucking thing spinning. So that thing, like I said, it was just hung. so. I was like, all right, I think I need a new bearing now because it definitely didn't sound like good bearings. It's probably <laughs> yeah. not supposed to go that fast free spinning either. So yeah, no, not free spinning because that's not how fast it goes. I think it's probably going faster because that thing had been spinning for almost five minutes before I found what was making that noise. That sounds like and a real good bearing to me. That noise, so. It's obviously spinning faster than when it's running on the grinder, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's probably like a... The belt gives it a fucking whip, too. Yeah, you know, just when it, yeah, yeah. when the belt pulled off of it, it gave it that extra little, you know, like... That latch. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, like I said, that was quite the, uh, <laughs> quite the moment there. I sat down for a few minutes after that and twisted one up and fucking chilled out. I bet. Yeah. Got yeah. out of the shop last night. It was like fucking 1.30. I stuck a knife, uh, the tip of a knife, into a Scotch Brite belt one time. Oh, fuck, dude. And it slung the knife out of my hand and straight into the floor. And hey. it, it stuck in like half an inch. And it was between my feet. Thank, it would have went through my fucking boots and probably all the way through my foot. But, dude, that scared the dog shit out of me. So, And I blamed the swamp birds. I was in the shop, you know, using a Scotch Brite belt. And a mosquito was biting me on my damn neck. So I took a step back from the grinder. Like, okay, I felt it starting to bite me, but, you know, you got to wait a second. So I took a step back, and I went to lift my hand up. Get this mosquito off of my neck. And when I did, like, the swinging motion of my body took the knife and put it right into the belt. And it, it tore the belt up, snatched it right out of my hand. And that was on my one by 30. That's before I had a big boy grinder. Jesus. <laughs> so if I'd have done that on a two by 72, golly. I've got a quarter inch chunk missing out of the middle of one of my belts. Like you could see through it. I was, uh, before, before heat treat, I always run the edge of my blade on my scotch Bright belt, you know, to try to Just break, to break the corners. Corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, when I got to the choil, you know, past the sharpening choil where the that little stub is, or whatever that's called, mm-hmm. choil. Anyways, uh, I caught the corner of that. I fucking ripped the knife right out of my hand and I fucking heard this funny noise. I was like, what the fuck? Stop the belt. Look at that. And there's a fucking hole in my belt, size of a pencil. Incoming call. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, this is an iPhone, and I don't know how to do the thing. Yeah, you do. I do now. I just did it. Sorry. All right. We talked about this last week, Jason. Well, you know, it's been a while. It's been a week. Can't expect me to remember everything. But uh, 
My bad. Go ahead. Talk about your belt, and then I'm going to talk about my belt. But anyways, yeah, that was pretty much it. There's a fucking pulled the knife right out of my hands. I ended up in the water bucket, and uh, there's, a, like I said, a quarter-inch hole in my belt. I still use it. Right. Like, I'm sure my scotch Bright belts are fucking shot, but I still use them. <laughs> Do they go bad? I mean, I really, I've they? been using the same scotch Bright belts for years. <laughs> Huh? Like whoever's listening to this one when it when it airs, like if Scott can you can you save a Scotch Bright belt? Like what is the life expectancy of a Scotch Bright belt, people? I'd like to know. And if there's a way to clean them, you know, let me know. That would be nice too, because if I could get more life out of them, then I will. Do you load them up with anything before you use them? WD forty. That's what I do say. And every now and then I'll put my, my regular bench brush. It's just it's not a wire brush or nothing, just you know, I use it to clean my bench tops. While the belt's running, I'll just kind of stick that up to it and let it brush the dust off. But I've been using the same belts for years. I'm not even sure if what's on my belts, but it, they don't look like new belts. That's for sure. Oh, you know, no, mine don't either. Because I've so much shit that I've cleaned up on those belts, you know, from rusted fucking steel to all kinds of shit. All right. So the other day I was uh, buffing some handle material, and it's acrylic, like a resin cast type material. Yeah, and I was just a buffing away, and um, all of a sudden it turned black. You know what I mean? It's I was using blue compound. No, 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 no. That's not my issue. This is my issue. That was before I got to the buffer. So here's it's it's almost like a question, I guess. So I was working my way up through the grits on the machine, and I started out at uh, eighty, and then I went to one twenty, two twenty, four hundred. Everything's fine. Like, it's starting to look like, you know, that shit scratches super easy. So, as you're working up through the grits, it still looks scratchy. It still looks nasty. I finished at 400, and it's starting to actually look smooth without buffing or oil or nothing. It's just starting to look good. And I went to 600, and it's a green and white resin. Everything that was white and clear started turning brown and, like, dingy, nasty, dirty. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe there was something on my belt, you know, whatever. So I wiped it off, and I sprayed it, or wiped it with some acetone, and I blew it off with the air compressor and took it to the buffer, and it's like it locked that brown shit in it. Like, so all my, everything that was white and clear now looks like just dirty. Yeah. And I tried to wipe it back off with acetone, and I know damn well I didn't burn it. You know what I mean? It's I've never had that happen before. That was weird. I've seen, uh, what was it? I was, uh, I've seen other woods bleed out into other woods, like wind buffing them. Yeah. This is acrylic though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I all know. synthetic stuff. That's what's weird. I know. That's bizarre. So I got some, uh, I got me a little package in the mail from my homies. I was going to do it. I was just going to ask you that seriously. Like I was going to wait and see what you were saying. And then I was going to bring that up. Did you get your box yet? <laughs> Uh no, this is no? a different package. I still haven't got that one, and uh, I, I they're gonna have to come up with something because uh, I need it. But anyway, um, I got a different package from my homies at Phoenix Abrasives. Oh, and uh, you know, every time I order belts from Phoenix, I use the promo code Hustle Ten, and I get ten percent off. Yep. So with that extra money I'm saving, I'll throw something in the cart. You know, that's not something I normally use. Like those cork belts that I ordered, you know, a couple weeks ago. I ordered some gator belts. 
Yes. I've never used them before. What's the benefit? Isaac uh, Gator Belt. Yeah, they look like a like a grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't leave as nasty of scratch lines. I ordered four hundred and six hundred. Just yeah, yeah, just to yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've got them here. Do I use them? No. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah, of course. What the fuck would you need four and six hundred grit belts for? And why yeah, would you care about nasty scratch lines? Belt. Yeah, exactly. That's all part of my fucking. My, my thing. But That's anyways, your feng shui. It's mine. It belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know one thing I've noticed, though? What? Is that I've seen a lot of, uh, let's just call it dirty. I've seen a lot of dirty work coming out lately. Like, it's, I think it's becoming a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was already a thing. But, uh, like I said, I've been noticing a lot of work coming out with, like, lots of, like, grind lines on the bevels, you know, but, like, kept dirty from the forge after quench and shit and, like, not saying replicating my style, but I've seen, you know, stuff come up more lately where it's just like dirty, grungy, beat up, used look. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I built that uh, rock tumbler with PVC pipe and the two by six frame and the, the casters for it to roll on. Yeah. After I built that, I saw so many people. Now, I'm, I'm sure it was a coincidence. Nobody's copying me. I know that. Yeah. But so many people, like within the next month or two was posting videos of almost the exact same identical setup. It's just yeah. weird how that worked out. It's, it probably picks it up in your feed, you know what I mean, and tries to probably, yeah. match it algorithmically. It's similar to that, but I could run mine on my uh, my 2x72. Yeah, well, I tried that from seeing yours. You see my little, uh, I think I did it in a story, sure. where I had my, my tumbler against my, my belt. Did you have the platinum on, or did you have slack a slack belt? What I did is, uh, I don't know if the platinum was on or not, but I loosened the belt up, and I slid my tumbler under the edge on the bench, like between the the motor wheel and the bottom platinum okay, wheel. Yeah, yeah. I slid my, my tumbler all the way over and then put the belt over top of it that way. That's true. I, I was going to try to do it like I saw you do it with the with the whole rig on the platen. Yeah. But no my my frame for my setup was hitting the belt before the pipe could get to the belt. Uh, so so you could notch it out pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had well, like my idea when I made mine I was like okay, this is how I'm going to make it then I got there and I was like, "Oh, wait. No, that's not going to work." <laughs> and I just started grinding away at that piece of wood, you know. I was like, "Wow, well, ah, you're going to fit." <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're already on the grinder. Crank her up. Yeah, exactly. But um yeah, I run mine with uh, when I do use it, I uh use a slack belt. And once it's clamped to my work rest, I just push my work rest into the belt. Yeah. Towards the belt, I should say, and then that puts the tube into there. How long you let it run for? Whenever you doing that stone wash finish, what do you how? What do you one looking joint. for? Huh? One joint. One joint. So three to five minutes, roughly. Five to ten. <laughs> roll it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You ain't fucking with no pre rolls. No. <laughs> I'd smoke way more if I had a bunch of pre rolls. Probably. No, that's that'd, the that'd probably be a bad day, huh? No, that'd be a good day. <laughs> Is 12 beers a good day or six beers a good day? Uh, Well, I mean, six will get you started. Yeah, and 12 is a good fucking day, that's, right? That's an all right day right there. Same concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But yeah, I know you're not really into cars much, but I am. I'm a big car guy. And uh, Mustang guy, you know, Mustangs you are cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Come on, give me a break. What kind of Mustang are we talking about here? Are we talking about like old school Fox bodies or everyone, er, er, all of them, just all, every Mustang. If I ever win like lots of money, mm-hmm. I start by buying lottery tickets. But if I do ever win a large sum of money, I'm buying every Mustang out there. Everyone, all of them. Yeah, I don't even care if I don't have a place to put them. I'm buying all of them. <laughs> I used to, uh, when I was a kid, like all the car models and all that, you know, the plastic models you put together and shit. I yeah. used to have uh, every model of Mustang that they had, I had to have. And I made uh, the die casts. I had all those two. Yeah. Like, every model Mustang they had. Boss and Mach 1. Yeah. All the all good shit. All of it, all of it. I love the Fox bodies. I'm big into drag racing. Oh, yeah. though. So, you know, I, I look at it. Yeah. If I were to have like my daily driver where I'm a mustang it would be a fox body yeah i think that was what 88 and 92 uh yeah something like that yeah uh, those things are uh, made to be beat on oh so yeah. those those are made to fucking take shit you know what's funny though is some of the fastest fox bodies that i've ever seen they have a chevrolet 350 under the hood doesn't mean anything it's still a mustang <laughs> oh i know i know i'm just saying like when it's built for the track yeah, 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 a three fifty will bolt right in, use the same rear end and the same drive shaft with a turbo three hundred transmission. Really? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was getting to cars because I was going back to my trip in my head. So this town I go to is called Banner Elk, North Carolina, and it's a very touristy vacation type town in the winter because it's got a lot of ski slopes and uh, a lot of resorts and stuff like that. But in the summertime. It's got a lot of rich people that come up there and have million-dollar mansions, multi-million-dollar mansions that come up from Florida. And, you know, they're they're dodging the summer tourists in Florida by coming to the mountains. Yeah. And then they, they go back when all the tourists come to the mountains. But, man, there are so many cars up there that are like, yeah, you don't see them in my town. I was going down the road at one point, and there was this giant uh, Dodge Dually. It had the, you know, the roll bar in the back with the KC lights everywhere, lifted yeah. up, giant brush guard on the front. It looked like something out of a movie, like out of Too Fast, Too Furious, where they was just breaking down the doors with them. And it had six Lambos behind it. Jesus. Just Christ. all in a line. Like, here we might see one Lambo a year, and that's because they're fucking lost getting gas jumping off the interstate. I've never seen a Lambo in my life. <laughs> I've been places, you know, and I've been, you know, different parts of the world, and I've just never happened to come across a Lambo, yeah. let alone see one drive down the road here. They'd wreck it driving down the road here. There was a line of them, just Fuck. like a parade. And yeah. it was like all Probably the, like a Lambo club or something. Probably. And Ferraris are just a completely normal thing up there. Yeah. I mean, like, you're, you're kind of like lower class if you're driving a Cadillac. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Compared to you're riding at Sarcella or whatever, Corolla or yeah, this, bottom of the fucking food chain. That restaurant we went to, um, there were I can't remember. I counted. There was over ten brand spanking new Corvettes in the parking lot. Okay. And what they do is they have all these cars. They leave them here, and they fly back. You know, th- now all this that I'm saying is coming from what people up there tell me. You know, I didn't talk to these people, but. They leave all their cars here in these damn million-dollar houses. The dude sitting next to us at dinner at the next table over, there's a golf course across the street, and you could tell. Like, you you know when someone's a golfer, right? 
they got the little sweater vest on with their little collar poked out over the top of it. And, you know, they drank their wine with their pinky up. So there was this loud group of people and they were stuck in Banner Elk, North Carolina because they had just sold their home in Houston and their home here wasn't ready. It was still being built. So they were having, no, no, I wasn't working on anything on that level. But uh, someone asked them how much they got for their house in Houston. The guy said, oh, well, uh, you know, we were just tired of sitting on it. We let it go for 7.3. I was like, fucking million? (laughs) 7.3 what? (laughs) Holy shit. Like, he just, yeah, we just let it go for 7.3. Unless he's living out of a shipping container, it's probably 7.3 million, yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, dude. And that, that restaurant's not, it's not a cheap place to eat. And, I mean, they were just ordering everything. Like, yeah, keep it coming. Come on, bring me another one of those. I mean, I couldn't imagine having money like that. I don't think I would want to have money like that. No, it doesn't necessarily mean this guy's happy or these people are happy, you know. Exactly. Exactly. He'd probably rather be building a birdhouse. You know what I mean? Like hammering a nail into something. Yep. But instead, all that money makes him want to put on a front like, oh, let's go get a seven hundred dollar bottle of wine and put our pinkies on the fucking air yeah so my wife could puke it out at the end of the night exactly (laughs) and his wife was ugly too Uh, but anyway that's my own opinion i'm sure he thinks that she's beautiful i'm sure he does yeah so we got uh a listener question today are you uh are you handy to read our listener question because i don't have my phone uh pulled open one you sent me which one where uh it, it comes from our good buddy jason moss over at aru bladeworks and uh while you're looking for that i'm kind of looking for it too but while you're looking for it guys if y'all want us to talk about anything in particular or uh have questions for us anything like that send us a dm we're not going to get into the hey man can i ask you a question shit you know and do a whole show about that because that's already been done and it's been done right so we're not going to mess with what's already there. But if you got some tips, you know what I mean? Send them on in. Yeah. yeah. Our topics, even topics. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like talking points. If there's something, yeah, you want to hear about, you know, our opinions or whatever, just let us know. Next podcast, we'll bring it up, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, as uh, Jason was saying, you know, where would you see you guys in, you know, five 10, 20 years from now. You know, it's something I personally can't answer, really, because I'm not the type of person to think that far ahead. Like, I'm I'm not even thinking about bed yet, you know. It's fucking <laughs> close to that time. But uh, I'm at the... What are you having for dinner, though? What did I have? I already forgot, because it doesn't fucking matter. I You've already had show. dinner? Yeah. We'll do it. It was five thirty here, so I had dinner at five. Oh damn! We don't eat dinner till like eight o'clock. Holy fuck! We call those banker hours here. Like, banker hours. <laughs> yeah, that's when you eat the fucking banker hours at eight o'clock. But uh, no, to be honest with you, uh, where do I see myself with? You know, if we're gonna talk about it as in the the knife business or my shop or whatever it is I'm gonna do with this. Uh, I can't answer that because I'm a in the moment kind of person. 
Yeah, I can't. Like, you know, I thought about it. I read the question earlier, and then I, I just I couldn't come up with an answer, and that's why. It's because there to me there is no five, ten, twenty years from now. I don't look that far ahead. So uh, if I'm here tomorrow, I'm grateful. I'll take it, and I'll hope for another day. Well, I, I'll try to answer it, and I, I'm kind of on on your page with that one because that's so far. You know what I mean? And there's so many variables that can come into play with what we do. So. What, what happens if Congress says, okay, no more social media? Facebook, Instagram, the Internet, it's done. The Internet can only be used for, say, Amazon, research. you know, or, yeah, research. Research and shopping, yeah. Yeah. What happens to us then? You know, shopping's great, but we don't have a, a website that can be searched from Google to pull up our work. You know no, what I mean? I don't. I don't, and... uh I'm actually experiencing bullshit with fucking Facebook right now. Past two days, they've been limiting how much I could share. Yeah. But you never know because the internet controls what we do. And it could, it probably won't. The world would collapse upon itself if the internet went away. Everyone's too dependent on it. Oh, fuck yeah. Businesses and everything. Yeah. But I mean, in five years, if everything is still, you know, if there's still internet, all that good stuff, I would love to see myself with a bigger shop. Not necessarily enormous, but a little bigger. Obviously, with a heat treat oven in there. Um, I think if I can make enough money to pay my bills without having to do these side jobs that I do, you know what I mean? Going to now the North Carolina thing, that's fun because it's traveling, it's beautiful, but I still do those kind of things here in town too when I need to. Yeah. But if I can not have to do that, at all. Just spend 100% of my time in my shop, get all my bills paid, and be able to bank up enough money to have, I don't know, a year's worth of bills in the bank in case something crazy was to happen. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a pretty cool five-year plan. Yeah. Now, as far as 10 years, maybe two years worth of bills in the bank. You know what I mean? 20 years... I hope I can still walk to the shop. (laughs) (laughs) Going on 41 and there's days I have a hard time walking to the shop. Yeah. I'm not quite 40 yet. I did average it up. I know how old I am now. (laughs) How old are you? I grabbed my driver's license and a calculator and I found out I'm going to be, I'll be 38 in December. All right. So you're three years younger than I. Yeah. So, you know what's weird? I thought about this is like way off the fucking topic. But I thought about this the other day for some weird reason. So you're three years older than me. Yep. And Mareko, I think, is one year younger than me. A lot of the big-time makers, at least the ones I follow and keep up with, are between, say, 32 and 45. Makes sense. It sounds about right. It's it's weird that, you know, I, I see a ton of makers that are coming up, you know, 14, 15, 16, 18 years old. That is freaking awesome. Fucking, there is. There's, I've seen some 21-year-olds that blow my shit out of the water. Yep. But uh, they've probably been doing it and were taught by someone, you know, from an early age. And I wish I'd have had that, but whatever. Good on them. They're doing awesome work. But it's just yeah. weird how – if you look at the age groups, it seems like this kind of craft is coming in a wave. You know what I mean? 
Like there's a lot of people in a certain age group and then not very many. I don't hear about many people at all that are in their mid to late twenties. No, not really. Those are the hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's a lot of old timers. There's a lot of old timers like the, uh, you know, Steve Schwarzer. He, well, he's extra super old timer, but I mean, there's not a lot of people in the call it 50 to 65 bracket that I know of. I'm sure they're out there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And in the past two years, there's just, like you said, there's so many coming out. Yeah. I came out. I didn't come out of the closet. No, (laughs) closet, but, uh, I came out as a knife maker. (laughs) I see that door open behind you out there. But, uh, yeah, there's like two, there's my bedroom door and then there's the bathroom. (laughs) All right. So, uh, one more cool thing about my trip. This is going to be the last, maybe last thing about my trip. I well, you're trying so hard to show me that door to make sure it's not a closet. <laughs> show you my temper oven. Okay, yeah, that's my temper oven too. Mine's black though. No, mine. Yeah, mine's black. Right in the kitchen. Yep. No, mine is white. Fuck, I don't even know what color my own kitchen is. How old is it? How old's what? <laughs> your kitchen. Your your stove. Your. Uh, well, the kitchen's from 1964. The house I've been working on all week is uh, all the appliances are black. My house is white. But anyway, um, when I was up there at Pops Knife Supply, I got invited to the Georgia Custom Knife Makers Guild meeting Yeah, on November 13th. And I was invited to it one time before by a guy named Eddie Ray, and um, I just wasn't able to make it. Something's wrong with your mic. I see your mouth moving a lot, but I'm not picking up words. I said I've heard that name before. Okay, gotcha. Um I think I need a mic booster. You need something for sure. Because I gotta get like right up on it. Yeah, if you lean back at all, you're just gone. Yeah. This is not helping my back. <laughs> well, bring the mic to you. <laughs> well, I, I was doing that earlier, but then that's not helping my back either because I'm not sitting right. I, I should do the standing. Yeah, I can lean back on this one. Because if I sit for like 15 minutes, that's when I start hurting. Yeah. But anyway, I got invited to that Knife Makers Guild meeting, and I was like, cool, man. And uh, normally when they have it, it ends up being on the weekends where I've got my kids. And I get Uh, them on the first and third weekend of the month. It's not like every other. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. So uh, it's – it's on November 13th, so I told the guy, I was like, man, I'd love to come, but it always seems to land this way. And I looked at my calendar. I was like, dude, that's the second weekend. I don't have the kids. Hell, yeah, I'll be here. So we got to talking about it. Walter Sorrells is going to be there doing a live demo on Samurai Swords. How fucking cool is that, dude? I'll see Walter Sorrells fucking building the Samurai Sword in real life. That's fucking wicked. Right? <laughs> we don't have shit like that around here. That's what sucks, you know. Jason Knight shows up to most of them. Jason Knight, he lives in Tennessee, but he shows up to most of the Georgia Knife Maker Guild meetings from what I've heard and seen pictures of. But, uh, yeah, the whole event's catered and, like, you know, there's food on site and, you know, hands-on stuff. And my biggest thing is I want to get my name out there. I want to be interacting with people and meeting more people. and Yeah, especially if you get the chance to do it. You know, like I said, here, I, I... Nobody here. Yeah, and it don't cost a dime. Yeah. They told me to bring three of my knives and have them judged so that I could be a voting member of the guild. 
I'll probably take a handful of knives with me, but I'm going to take them and leave them in the truck because at this point in time, you know, if anybody knows any better than me between now and then, I don't really know the details of what a voting member of a guild is. Neither do I. I'm not a a political type person, you know, that wants to be in like a, a democratic type of situation. Yeah. I don't know if that's something I even want to be a part of. You know what I mean? I don't know what all that means. So I'll have to talk to them and get some details before I just say, hey, can I be a can I be in the cool kids club? You know, yeah. I don't know what it is. See, I signed up for the ABS, American Bladesmith, uh, Bladesmith Society. Mm-hmm. So uh, technically a a uh, apprentice bladesmith. Right. But, uh, you know, I signed up to that. And it's just to put a title behind what I'm doing. Right. And you know, not that I really care about it, but I am going to want to complete it. And I'd like to make, you know, it's, it's it was a challenge I gave myself then. It was like, I threw that at myself. I was like, all right, become a journeyman. Yeah. You know, that's, that was my drive then. So I just signed up for it. You know, I was like, all right, 60 bucks a year. I'll take it, you know? And yes, I want to go out there and do my testings and everything. And I want to get it done, but it's, I think it looks good on paper. You so know, even if it's a club or a society or whatever, or if yeah. there's voting or politics involved, I don't care. I just paid, send me my certificate. And <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just don't know what it's all about. You know what I mean? I need yeah. some details before I go signing up for it. Cause there's quite a few knife maker guilds and shit like that. Like I see a lot of them on Facebook groups and what goes on behind closed doors. I have no clue. Yeah. I don't have any idea either. Um, but what, what the fuck are we voting on? You know what I mean? That's the thing is like, you're a voting member. I guess someone, if I take knives up there, they're going to look at my knives and someone's going to vote to see if I can, be a that guy. What I mean, what? How does that benefit me, though? You know what I mean. I don't yeah. want to be some asshole to say no. Your wife, you're not. I'm about to say wife. Yeah, your wife. <laughs> your wife sucks. No, I don't want to be that guy that says your knife sucks. You know, that's. I don't know. I just got to learn a little more about it. Yeah, not cool. But uh, all right, we'll man. Do it. Let's see what's up. The most you could do. You got nothing to lose. Yeah, and if nothing else, even if I'm not a voting member. I'd be happy to go up there and, and meet people. I think they do it like every three months, you know, four, three or four times a year. It'd be fun as shit to be able to get up there and meet some people and hang out with folks and make new friends and, you know, have some contacts right down the road, meet some people that are right here in Georgia. As soon as uh, these border restrictions get lifted and all that for, for travel and COVID and all that, I plan on making my way, you know, into the States a little bit, try to get the socialize in the knife making world yeah well you were talking about the abs the uh uh what is it the new england bladesmiths new england uh such a long name dude hold on a second new england school of metal something yeah metal 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 something like that yeah (laughs) well if you go to a class there they take off like a year right here yeah exactly and it's not just there it's any any journeyman bladesmith could give you that course yeah you know there's a few of them here in canada there's not many there's a handful right you know and these older fellows and they won't be around forever yeah, well so i think the closest will. master smith to me i think i'm right dead in between steve schwarzer and jason knight if i was okay. to have to be tested but i think jason knight has said that he's not going to be judging anymore he's, he won't do the testing thing anymore 
but I I might be confused on that. I know he won't do forged in fire no more, but I know he is. Um, he he made some kind of decision about stepping back from what it was he was doing. Okay, but uh, anyway, it's been one hour, eight minutes, and ten seconds. You see my eyes? They're starting to turn yellow. Because I have to pee so fucking bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got to pee. <laughs> yeah, you do, but I rarely have to pee. And right now, is that one of those times where I have to pee? Oh, dude. But, uh, I got to pee all the time. Are we forgetting anybody? Are we forgetting anything? I, I, think, feel we're, like I think we're good, dude. Um, you know, it's just pee break time. I don't know it's, how you rarely have to pee. So I take uh, a lot of medicines because I'm fat. And, uh, I take blood pressure medicine. My blood pressure makes my ankle swell. So in order to fight that, they give me water pills. So you pee. It makes me piss like a racehorse all day, every day. They give you something to stop you from peeing all day? A cup. (laughs) 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 All right, man, let's wrap it up, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. My name is Jason Hartwell, J.K. Blades, with uh, Nick Tobin from Pickle Cutters. See you guys next week. Till then, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Peace out.